0: Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah, yeah. pump fake right, then I step back in illusion. lose that's a boss move, maneuver, billionaire, entrepreneur, mark Cuban on the viewer. put you rookies on a skewer, I say shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer,
1: used yeah. to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer, what yeah. you saying to me, I hope you save it for me, I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony. Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast, this is your host Will, I'm joined here by my co-host Jaren. What is up, guys? Today we are going to be getting into the Mavericks' past weekend slate versus the Toronto Raptors and Milwaukee Bucks. The Mavericks lost to the Raptors one hundred and five to one hundred on Saturday night, and the Bucks one hundred to or one hundred twenty-four to one hundred fifteen on um, this Sunday night. The Mavericks are now on a four-game losing streak. Some problems definitely brewing in the water here um Jaren, what are your thoughts on the mavericks recent skid and this past two game stretch before we get into the logistics of the of uh, the podcast
0: before we get into logistics uh i guess i'll put a title on it the it's just lack of personnel coaching decisions um i mean all of that i think pretty much sums up the reason why this team is on a four game losing streak the lack of players i think it against a team like the raptors where you know seemingly half their roster is out should be an easy win and the mavericks find a way to lose it
1: yeah no exactly i mean we said this in the celtics game as well which i think was really reminiscent in this bucks game that this bucks game was just a very exposing loss i mean yes the mavericks shot the ball a lot better but they simply just got outplayed something you know Whereas last year's Mavericks team, I mean, I know it did take them uh, through the new year to kind of get going, right? But we saw them at times be able to play up to their opponent, you know, even if uh, they weren't as good. Like, I mean, for instance, you look no further than the seven-game series versus the Suns in the Western Conference semifinals. The Mavericks were probably not as good of a team as the Suns. Uh, I mean, personnel-wise, top to bottom. Uh, but they played – up to their opponent. Are the Mavericks rotation players, are they getting too bogged down to be able to do that night in night out? I think that's a valid question. Um, but yeah, we're about to get all into that and this uh, horrible little stretch here from the Mavericks. But before we do that, here's an ad from our sponsor anchor. All right, Jaren. So getting into it, looking at this Raptors game here first, you know, we'll talk a little more in depth in terms of the bucks game versus this Raptors game. Um, but you know, in this game, Luca was getting blitzed heavily. The Mavericks were put, uh, forced to play a lot of four-on-three. And, you know, throughout the game, you know, simply a lot of guys were just not able to step up and hit shots. Um, Luca was relegated to, you know, having to play 43 minutes in this game. Didn't get much time on the bench. 24 points, seven rebounds, nine assists. Spencer Dinwiddie continued with another uh, fairly good shooting game. He's had in both of these two games um, – Pretty good games here, where he had 15 points, uh, six for 11 on field goals. Reggie Bullock had 27 minutes of cardio. Um, Jordan Finney <laughs> Smith, uh, he went five for 12 from the field. Um, Dwight Powell is a spot starter. You know, he had his eight points. He had a solid little first half in his return to Canada that the announcers love to uh, point out as if we just never knew that he was from Canada. Maxi Kleber has been a Uh, another bright spot in these two games or not, not, I wouldn't say another, but one of very, very, very few bright spots in these last two games. Um, You can tell that his shooting is starting to regress back to the mean a little bit um, as well as uh, he's showing some different things, particularly in that Raptors game where I think he had like two shots where he attacked off a closeout and pulled up for a mid range jumper. He had a few nice cuts where, you know, I, I, Definitely feel like Maxi's explosiveness just isn't reminiscent of years prior. You can definitely kind of see that the age is getting up there a little. But the defense and shooting have been better these last two games. And that's something that, you know, he was very average on to start the season. So that's been a pleasure to see for sure. Uh, JaVale McGee continues his little like few minute stretch in the uh, second quarter in both of these games. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, proving to be a complete albatross of a contract more so than we could have ever imagined in both of these games. Christian Wood uh, stepped up to the plate versus the Bucks more so than the Raptors game. Um, but to his credit in that Raptors game, only 23 minutes, did not see much time in the second half. The Mavericks rode maxi most of that fourth quarter. Um, Christian Wood just really wasn't getting involved in the offense a whole lot. Um, He wasn't getting a lot of minutes with Luca. And in those non-Luca minutes, the Raptors wings were definitely affecting his ability to get the ball in spurts. And, you know, when you have a guy who's as ineffective in terms of trying to throw an entry pass as Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, sometimes you'll have problems trying to spot isolation possessions for him. Um, So, you know, it wasn't, um you know this the most horrendous game of the season i guess versus the raptors um but it was still definitely a bad bad loss you know especially with four of the raptors starters out they were missing precious ashua scotty Barnes, pascal siakam and i'm missing one other guy but you know the mavericks continue their trend of losing to teams with their best players out what did you have to take from that raptors game
0: yeah, from that Raptors game, I think this is yet another, well, I guess there's two things. Did the Raptors really play that well to beat a Mavericks team that had all their players healthy at the time? Or is this yet another example of the Mavericks having a lack of depth on this roster to compete with teams like the Raptors? And I mean, not to take anything away from the Raptors, but for a team that has, you know, four, uh, three of their five starters out uh, and the Mavericks seemingly you know i mean they're they're fighting um but just by the end of the fourth quarter just didn't look like they could compete with this team i, I mean I, this to me it was more of a mavericks loss than raptors playing good uh you know chris boucher of course went off uh, with OJ ananobi and fred van vliet but you know with that being said like guys like that I think last year, and more so later in the season last year, we wouldn't have seen Chris Boucher and even OJ Ananobi uh, for that instance. You know, being able to go off for 20-plus points, like, this is just, I don't know, there's a lot of anomaly uh, or whatever on this roster um, that, I mean, it seems like night in and night out is just exposed. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. And I think this is another example of, when it comes down to fourth quarter, third quarter minutes, the Mavericks just can't compete even with the worst teams in the league, like like the Rockets, like the Magic. It's just, I mean, I feel like we've said the same thing over and over again, which we have, uh, but this was yet another great example of
1: this case. No, 100%. And, you know, to your point about Chris Boucher going off, you know, while the Raptors are one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league, You know, I think a narrative that kind of needs to start here in terms of the Mavericks is how out-rebounded they're getting. You know, the Mavericks, you know, go to solve this center position this offseason supposedly by trading for Christian Wood and signing JaVale McGee. You know, Christian Wood's a fairly decent rebounder, but, you know, McGee's obviously not getting a lot of clock. The Mavericks rebounding issues that they had last year are still persisting to a degree. Um, I mean, I feel like that's irrefutable. You know, once Wood starts to play more, if that's going to be – something that evolves, you know, you never know with Jason Kidd, of course, Um, maybe that will tend to the situation a little bit, but I still don't see that, you know, really um, thrusting them to that upper echelon in terms of rebounding teams by any, by any means, maybe middle of the pack at best. Um, But I mean, Chris Boucher had 13 rebounds and, you know, while Boucher is lengthy and he does fight hard on the glass, you know, that is inexcusable to an extent, especially with a guy who's, you know, I mean, Chris Boucher kind of looks like, you know, the things that you see outside of car dealerships—the uh, the wavy, like, <laughs> the little, things, yeah. um, are just kind of flying around. He's a, he's a pretty skinny guy, and you know that that goes to show, you know, just a lack of boxing out on the Mavericks' part, a lack of effort. Um, you know, just particularly from this whole team, like this season, it's just a lot of guys standing around, just hoping the ball comes to them. Uh, there's no sort of technique or boxing out to it. And that's definitely uh, a discernible pattern that I think is uh mildly concerning, you know, and, you know, they kind of let, just, just let Boucher feast inside. Like as much as I, you know, I've been a Christian Wood supporter and been, a, have been pining for him, you know, he kind of got worked uh, by him at, during stretches of this game and, and white pal, both of them, I thought looked, uh, pretty poor in terms of their defensive effort against Chris Boucher. Um, You know, OG and Anobi, Fred Van Vliet, obviously we knew that these two guys were going to be the two main perpetrators for the Raptors in this game, especially with Siakam out. And, you know, I thought Dorian had a really rough half against OG, but I thought he was able to, you know, somewhat reconcile that in in the second half. He was able to play um, much better man-to-man defense on him. In that second half, but I mean, both of these guys and uh, Van Vliet and OG are, you know, really tough guards. So it's not like, you know, you're really, you know, going to be able to hamper them to the extent that they just won't have an effect on the game, right? You can just you can limit them, right? Um, so that that's kind of what we expected. Um, but honestly, outside of that, you know, there weren't really a ton of role players contributing to the Ra- Raptors. I mean, they were severely hampered in terms of their depth. Um, you know, that's why I think it's such, such a big deal in this game as to why the Mavericks let Chris Boucher go off. Um, because he's the one guy that you just can't let slip through the cracks when they have all their players out like that. I mean, I, obviously the Raptors' loss is a lot more invigorating the, than the Bucks' loss because the Mavericks had a clear opportunity to take care of business on the first night of the back-to-back with a lot of um the raptors role players out and they just they just couldn't um yeah, so i mean
0: we saw uh, i feel like in this raptors game more so than the bucks game i felt like we saw uh i mean i guess just going in that starting lineup I feel like we saw a stronger Luka Doncic you know he put up you know only 24 points but I feel like this is Luca's one of one of Luca's better games this season uh just with what all he had to do for this offense. It kind of seemed like other than Luca and the occasional Dorian three, um, the Mavericks just really couldn't generate any offense throughout that starting lineup. Uh, It didn't seem like up until really Maxi sort of got involved, or I guess got his feet under him, to where the Mavericks, from a bench standpoint, got things going. But, I mean, the Mavericks just simply couldn't generate offense, um, I guess, enough to beat the Raptors. Because the Raptors, you know, of course, really only guys who scored other than Bo Cruz's 10 points were uh OG, you know, with 26 and Fred with 26. And then, of course, Chris Boucher, who's active on the glasses. And I believe there was, I don't know, I think they had like 26 second chance points in this game, Uh which to that your point right. about the, what was it?
1: I so said that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was like, speaks to your point about the, the rebounding. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, For a team that, and the Raptors, they're they're a good defensive team, but for a team that you know three of some of their best defenders are out, like I feel like the Mavericks again. I mean, you could argue those
1: are yeah, like three of their four best defenders, and yeah, with I mean with Scotty Barnes and Siakam out, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, like this is a prime opportunity, like you said, especially on a first night of a back to back, you have to look at this with. I mean, you have to be drooling at this opportunity. I mean, Yeah,
1: and you don't want to have to play your best player who's having to carry so much of a burden already this many minutes, minutes on a first night of a back-to-back, yeah. game, especially in a scenario like this. I mean, it, there's really like – we're just kind of like repeating things at this point. There's, I don't really know how much to take away necessarily from the Raptors game other than the Mavericks had – basically the same problems that have bugged them this entire season. Mismanagement of when Christian Wood was on the floor, you know, not marrying him with Luka Doncic near as much. Exactly. Um, playing Reggie Bullock too much over Josh Green. I mean, yes, it wasn't the penultimate Josh Green game. You know, he went two for six. Um, but, I mean, the way Reggie Bullock's playing right now in terms of just going out there and getting cardio and doing really not much of anything else for the Mavericks on both sides of the ball there's no reason to um not play josh green more in this game um you know tim hardaway junior continues to just be nothing as well and i mean yeah i mean like that sums it up like there's yeah. not much more to it um like
0: to me there's there's a simple equation here um i mean you have two uh, like atrociously negative assets and Josh Green and Tim Hardaway that are playing right now, and then you, you mean, have.
1: I think you meant to say Reggie Bullock.
0: <laughs> oh, Reg, yeah, Reggie, yeah, Bullock. <laughs> That's what I meant. Um, and then you have Christian Wood. You know, whenever he gets these Luca minutes, it's an easy equation. You know, Christian Wood plus Luca equals. I think you can argue the best offense that this team generates.
1: I'd be curious to see their on-off numbers, um, just in terms of Christian Wood and Luca's net rating when they're on the floor together or, you know, just, you know, simply their offensive rating um, versus when, you know, it's just one of them out there or it's just Wood out there. I- I'm sure that this has been thrown around on Twitter somewhere, you know, via spe- a second spectrum, but that's something that definitely needs to, you know, we need to take a second look at, even if that's that it has already been posted out there. Um, especially if Wood continues to be relegated to coming off the bench because, You know, there were some positive signs in this Milwaukee game, but in this Raptors game particularly, um, you know, you really saw how that limited the Mavericks in terms of their offensive firepower. But I mean, yeah, um, barring that, we can take a look at that last possession there that I know was obviously floating around on Twitter in terms of the, you know, sort of an indictment upon the Mavericks one dimensionality, if you will, or the players around Luka obviously kind of went viral to an extent. Down the stretch, the Mavericks, their process really wasn't terrible. Some guys actually were able to step up and hit shots amidst um, the Raptors blitzing Luca and him having to, you know, swing the ball to the uh, to the nail and the Mavericks having to, you know, sort of play the four-on-three game. Um, there were some sort of dud possessions, and uh, I thought Dorian and Dinwiddie definitely billed the Mavericks out a few times, but nonetheless you know it was actually one of their better uh, clutch performances but it definitely doesn't excuse like the personnel that was on the floor and yeah. the fact that in those clutch situations you know they that's not a normal occurrence in terms of you know oh these are the five guys that we want to trust you know that lineup at the end of the game was Dinwiddie Luca Dorian Reggie and Max Maxi and you know we let's fast forward to the final possession. Just because it's getting so much buzz, you know, of course. And, you know, obviously this wasn't what lost the Mavericks the game, but Mavericks down three 103 to 100. Um, You know, I can't remember if it's Maxi or Luca inbounding the ball, but I think Luca inbounds. He gets it right back and um, he gets blitzed basically immediately. Maxi flashes to the nail. Um, They're able to get him the ball. Luca is able to kind of, you know, split the pass through the double team, gets Maxi the ball. About 10 or 11 seconds left on the clock. You know, Maxie being cognizant that they're down three, you know, you could take the quick easy two as Boucher kind of, you know, doesn't even realize Maxie is a threat. He kind of just stands there, doesn't even really make a gesture to try and protect the rim. Maxie certainly, you know, would have had a chance to get fouled because I don't know if Boucher would have been able to help in time, you know, or at least just get an easy dunk. Um, but Maxi swings it out to Reggie Bullock with Dorian Finney-Smith wide open in the corner. Reggie Bullock then um, passes it out to Dorian, despite Reggie not having an open shot, but, you know, a shot that would have been semi-contestant. At that point, you're down three. You know, you just got to jack it up. Uh, and then Dorian thinks Maxie's going to cut, but Maxi's trying to, you know, divert back out to the perimeter um, to – you know, potentially be ready for a catch and shoot three if opportunity to, were to arise. And Dorian basically just throws it straight to the Raptors, and the Raptors uh, we foul them, and they make two free throws, and they win the game. Um, what do you think that just the personnel that was on the floor during that moment is ha- how much of an indictment is that upon the coaching staff, or if not the coaching staff, the um, just like strictly how talented of a roster this team has?
0: Yeah, I mean. Whenever you have, I mean, there's, like, I think the clear headliner here is, like, why is Reggie on the floor? Uh, and really, at that point, you know, you I understand why Reggie's on the floor at the same time, but then again, the Reggie that we've seen this year has basically, like you like to say, just got some cardio in. Uh, so why not throw a guy like Josh Green, who's actually made a three point three pointer this year uh, in the game in that scenario, um, or even Christian Wood for that matter. We know that he can knock down some threes and hopefully he can knock down a clutch three. You never know. We haven't seen him in a fourth quarter clutch scenario. Um, but really just in terms of that I mean we have that
1: one time, Jaron, versus Oklahoma City. Oh, sorry, and one time. Sorry. Yes, and, it, and, and because that was he was just because an excuse, he was in the lineup. Because no, he was, it was just in the an, lineup. <laughs> it's just that, an excuse to yell yeah. at him. Um, no. Yeah. because he was in the lineup though, that let the 16 point uh Thunder comeback happened that he Jason Kidd was like, Well, you know, C Wood was in that room. So we we can't we can't play him in the clutch anymore. He gets the one game pass. <laughs> um, you know, oh, if you if you guys haven't noticed by now, Jason Kidd is really big on earning your spot in this rotation. He's yeah, talked I mean, multiple times about how minutes are not just handed to players, how Christian Wood has to earn his minutes. And oh, but Tim Hardaway earned them. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock, <laughs> they damn sure have earned their minutes this year. They are earning um, their minutes to a oh, damn. Oh, you know, I, we try not to cuss on this podcast, but um, I was I was very close to right there. Um, anyhow, you know, despite this, that, uh, the, yeah, just, this was a coaching staff. This was a coaching
0: staff issue because there was two other guys you could throw out there other than Reggie, um, <laughs> Reggie you know, runs a lot. Reggie runs a lot. Um, Now, in terms of that last possession, the Mavericks, I want to say they got the ball in bounds with 18 seconds left and seemingly ran out the clock until six seconds left. So if you're Dorian and you see Maxi cut and you know there's not a lot of clock left, I think there was probably eight seconds left at that point. I don't understand why you're looking for a two whenever your team clocked the a-
1: yeah, because even if he thinks Maxi is gonna cut, yeah, I mean, like, like why he, are you trying to throw the ball there at that point? But and he hesitated on that open three pointer. Yeah, I mean,
0: there's there's a lot of bad things to dissect, but again, like you said, like that's not the reason the Mavericks lost. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think with that being said, like, uh, what, you want to what segue into the Bucks game? <laughs> well, yeah, let's <laughs> let's just get into the Bucks game. All right,
1: so in the Bucks game, the only reason I'm semi-excited to talk about this game was because there was some differences than we've seen, I think, it really in the yeah. past three games of the losing streak. You know, we just – we basically classify games by this at this time in terms of their chronological period of the losing streak. So um, in this Bucks game, though, the Mavericks actually did some different things in the second half, which we'll be getting into. That I thought was actually somewhat intriguing. It'll be interesting if it holds up to see if it holds up, whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> but the process was very much the same in that first half. Reggie Bullock was out because of rest. Um, you know, when sometimes um, you know track athletes, you know, particularly cross country athletes, <laughs> when <laughs> when they do a lot of running, they need to take a day off, right? Don't, I mean, no blame, um, he, there. He gets, blame there. Sometimes they get tired of passing the pylon around. Um, the, you know, sore legs, dead legs. Um, you know, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Uh, the, 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 Reggie does not have sore legs because he's been jumping too much or any of that. But no, know, not strictly with because he's been having an immense workload in terms of jogging. He's traveled 2.04 miles this year, which is fourth on the team in terms of distance traveled per uh, second spectrum. So, you know, looking at this game here versus the Bucks, of course, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. gets the start. Um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. further proved in this game as to why, you know, if the narrative for um, Jaden Hardy playing over Tim Hardaway Jr., who is in Frisco right now tearing it up, um, isn't there, then it, it needs to be now because, you know, we – I think that, you know, through everything that's happened amidst Tim's, you know, really rough starts of the season. We've tried to make every excuse in the book, you know, Hey, like, let's not get our, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. You know, Hardy still needs time to develop um, this and that. Um, But, you know, this is, this isn't about Hardy. This isn't really about really anybody, but Tim Hardaway Jr. For instance, you know, I brought up Hardy because that's been the, you know, provocative name on Mavericks Twitter. But, I mean, if he doesn't get the call up for whatever reason, the Mavericks want to keep continuing, you know, continue to develop him in the G League, sure. You know, could he help the team more than Tim Hardaway Jr. is right now? I mean, that's a given, right? But so could Theo Pinson. So could Frank Nitlikina. Um, I mean, shit, even Faku could help more than Tim Hardaway Jr. is helping the team right now. um Tim Hardaway Jr. made two threes tonight, both of which were open. Um, his other six threes, uh, most of them were open. Um, he went, no, he he only went two, he went two for six on threes, my mistake. He, he went two free from the field. His other four threes, most of them were open, if I um if my recollection serves me well. Um in that first half, he chased around Grayson Allen most of the time, who went off for seven threes. Um, you know, you'd think once Grayson Allen makes a f- like three or four threes and you have your worst. Um, defender on him that as Jason Kidd you know you'd maybe be like hey let's let's throw Josh Green on him a little bit but Jason Kidd did not um, make that adjustment till the fourth quarter and in the second quarter he actually put Davis Bertans on Grayson Allen which just I think further um, you know sort of expedited that problem into Grayson Allen being able to just basically run around and make whatever he wanted you know there were a few threes where he you know, had some contested looks and, you know, he was just, okay, yeah, that's like a heat check, right? Um, but for stretch of this, it, you know, those first few were just strictly Tim and Davis not being able to stay with him whatsoever. And I mean, Tim, you know, he made one three in the first half, one three in the second half. Those, you know, were the complimentary threes that he makes for us um, basically every game he, he makes one or two just to, you know, not make you inject your head into the TV um, but I mean, the process just looked terrible. Like there were so many open looks in this one. It's not even really like Tim shooting a bunch of bad shots. He just can't make anything. And then the second he gets the basketball, he's really just hit his whole process on offense is just so predetermined and predictable. I mean, like he's getting blocked at the rim more consistently. I've noticed this year. Um, he's not really doing his little zigzag. Um sort of operation in the pick and roll where he's able to get to the elbow and pull up for a mid range shot. We really haven't seen that much of at all of this season for the most part. I mean, we've seen it a few times, um, but I mean, yeah, just starting off with Tim Hardaway Jr. versus the Raptors. What did you think of how he played in this game, Darren?
0: Yeah. I mean, not only do we have the most predictable roster in the NBA, but we have the most predictable NBA player, <laughs> um, you know, it, Lackluster, uh, or not even lackluster, just terrible. Um, I think that there's a real argument to be made that Tim Hardaway Jr. should just be subjected to these JaVale McGee minutes. But with that being said, you know, I mean, Hardaway, I, I, Darren,
1: it, it's, it's really DNPCD levels right now. Like, I mean,
0: it is. He's hurting <laughs> the team. He is a net negative whenever he is on the floor. um, Offensively and defensively. Yeah. But he's not like, as an offensive
1: player. I brought this up on Twitter. And I want to dispel the narratives as if Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr. Because I know we jokingly talked about this, right? I, I want to dispel the narrative that they have like somehow, like just by de facto of them being good rotation players in the career in their careers, that they like are somehow like they're like owed minutes or something like that. Like, I mean, as negatively as they're hurting the team right now, like you can't play them. Like, no, you can't. Sure, when they regress back to the mean, you know. I'm not saying like, you know, I, I realized just given their contracts and what have you, the whole optics of it might look weird if you just bench them completely. Like, I'm not saying just, okay, like DNPCDs, like that was a little far fetched, but like you need to relegate them to only playing about 10 to 20 minutes a game until they can get back into form or until they get shipped out because right now they're not helping the team whatsoever. And that's a big issue in itself. So I mean, they, they're they not superstars. They haven't done something so noteworthy in their career as to, like, they should be owed minutes. Like, that's just a BS argument. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, just another albatross of a game for Tim Hardaway Jr. here. Um, yeah, I
0: mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made for Reggie and having at least half of the minutes that he's deserved. I mean, like, Reggie at least gives you 25% of the player he was with his defense. 25 in the yeah, because his defense isn't even that good right now. Um, Tim Hardaway, though, just he's just there. Uh, I mean, like Jaden Hardy, like you said, Jaden Hardy, Theo Pinson, they could all do more uh, than Tim Hardaway is right now. And playing earned minutes on this starting lineup yes. is just far fetched. Thank you, Jason yes, yes. Kidd.
1: <laughs> but we will give Jason Kidd the credit where it's due. They, The Mavericks did make the adjustment in the second half in this one, and we'll get to that here in a second. But let's go ahead and wrap up the first half here. Really high-scoring first quarter in this one. Uh, the Mavericks could, just could not sh- uh, slow the Bucks down in terms of their shooting whatsoever. I mean, I'm not going to really throw too much shade at the Mavericks in terms of, you know, Giannis being able to penetrate and kick and, you know, Start that domino effect that we all, all you know always talk about with Luca in terms of you know you penetrate and kick closeouts start coming and the rotations start coming way too late. They're able to just basically swing the ball around the perimeter to find the open shooter. I mean that sort of process is really hard to stop, um, especially when the Mavericks don't have you know some sort of six ten godsend man defender like an OG and Ananobi who can somewhat limit Giannis like the Mavericks don't have a guy like that so you know in terms of what this roster has I'm not going to really blame them for you know how much they gave up to the Bucks in terms of you know offense in that first half the Bucks scored 73 points in the first half um, just really in no small part to their offensive firepower just being too much for the Mavericks to handle um Javon Carter was a guy that got going at times yeah. in this game he had um I mean he's a guy who's really stepped up to the plate this year in terms of becoming a secondary playmaker for the books um, no wait
0: wait wait pause imagine a guy that's actually playing good for a roster and they keep playing him that doesn't happen in Dallas world because no it Williams doesn't and subjective. also
1: Imagine scouting a guy on a veteran minimum contract or maybe he got signed for like half of the TPMLE. I don't know what his figure was, but he definitely didn't get paid much Um, and actually is contributing starter minutes to um, a championship contender. Yeah, I mean, this guy
0: has proved to be a solid at the least backup point guard on a championship level team. No, I mean, he's
1: playing, you know, he's always been touted as this, you know, amazing defender at the point guard position despite how limited he is in his size, you know. Ever since his West Virginia days, it's a guy that competes, and yeah. you know now that he's, you know, really f- figuring out how to work in that, um, in those pick and roll and uh, pick and pop scenarios with you know Brook Lopez and Giannis, and um, you know getting his offensive game going. I mean, he took a transition three in this one. Uh, the Bucks, you know that that's that's huge for them. Uh, the Bucks guys had, the Bucks had six guys in double figures in this game. Um, I just want to point out how much of a rarity and uh, how scarce that is for the Mavericks roster. I would need to look up the exact stats, but I mean, it just seems like the Mavericks never have more than two or three guys in double figures almost every game, uh, especially amidst this losing streak. Um, But yeah, that, that sort of effect by Giannis really was seen prevalently in the first half, especially with Grayson Allen's hot shooting. So, you know, it was obviously tough for the Mavericks to be able to hang with the Bucs. You really can't blame them just based on the Mavericks personnel um, in that first half, but the Mavericks were able to keep up scoring wise. Spencer Dinwiddie was doing a really good job in this game, taking what the defense gave him, um, getting to his spots, um, you know, getting to that um, just before the sort of block area where he jacks up his little floater. That's you know just wildly unexpected. Like you know he you feel like he's like all discombobulated on his drive, and then oh it's two points. Um, he had a really good game in this one. Um, as well as Luca in that first half. Luca um, was shooting the ball pretty well in that first half. And he was really figure. I thought Luca played around Brooke Lopez's effect really good in this game. Luca did have a high turnover game with six uh, turnovers. But, you know, of course, with Lopez being the NBA leader in terms of 2.8 blocks per game, Luca did a really good job of just playing smart. I thought, you know, there were, uh, times where he was operating within the mid range. Um, he was, you know, getting to that floater a lot, um, you know, stopping in, in the paint before, you know, Lopez was really going to bear any, fe- any effects of, on him in terms of his, you know, extremely long wingspan and his size. And of course Luca was operating really well in the pick and roll in those minutes with Wood And he was doing a great job, you know, driving and finding shooters. Dorian stepped up to the plate in this one. So it was a really good overall offensive half for the Mavericks, right? Um, And, you know, Dwight Powell plays in that. um, He starts the game. He plays in that first quarter. um, Really doesn't see much minutes throughout the game after that. I mean, he only played eight minutes in this game. Um, But, I mean, nonetheless, you know, Maxi he only went two for three tonight, but he made both of his, you know, he made two threes. Um, so, you know, the offensive process I thought in that ma- in that first half by the Mavericks was really good just from the standpoint that they were able to finally knock down some threes. Uh, they went 17-41 on, the, on the night. Um, but, you know, we saw Christian Wood knock in a couple at times, Maxi knock in some, Luca hit a few step backs, Spencer Dinwiddie continues his absurdly hot shooting that somehow is just never going to regress despite, you know, never having been above a 34% shooter in his life, he's shooting 41% from three so far to start the season. I mean, I honestly thought that his season last year with the Mavericks was an outlier, just the end of that season, you know, I thought that he'd bear some regression, especially with Brunson out, but I mean, he's shooting the lights out and he's proven to be a really solid rotation player for the Mavericks. Like he is that, you know, while he's a different secondary ball handler and, you know, not necessarily like, well, he is a, he is a playmaker, right? I'm not going to dispel that, but he's not like that distinguished, you know, secondary playmaker who's creating for both himself and others at all times. He is a guy that definitely, you know, carries a lot of the offensive burden off Luca as much as he can. Um, especially in those non Luca minutes when Luca's on the bench, um, you know, this is a guy I feel like would thrive heavily if the Mavericks had a second star or, you know, just a guy who could initiate offense a little better. I mean, look no further than a Jalen Brunson, obviously, especially with how good Brunson started to get in terms of his playmaking last year. Um, Spencer didn't want to be perfect as a six man for this Mavericks team, but you know, I'm not going to complain about what he's doing right now because he's performing in his role as well as he can. Right. Yeah. Um, And he, he did a really good job attacking in this game. Like I said, just taking what the defense gives him operating in the screen and roles Still can't throw a lob pass. He threw. He tried throwing one to Dwight Powell uh, tonight. That was like four feet above Dwight Powell's yeah, was, yeah. Um, But nonetheless, um, he still had a really good game in this one. In that first half, though, you know, you were able to see, I guess, stylistically the sort of play style differences between the Bucks and the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks are one of the slower-paced teams in the NBA. I mean, it seemed as if any – off any long miss, any, you know, the Mavericks had only had 13 turnovers. It's about pretty average for them. You know, they've always been a low turnover team for whatever reason, but basically in any of those um, minutes um, that Giannis was out there specifically, I mean, the bucks are running their ass off getting out there off any long miss. And I mean, I can't even tell you like how many transition threes they had and, um, just simply off of getting out and transitioning out. I mean, I get that they have the personnel and luxury to do that, but you know, with especially with the Mavericks not having the best transition defense either. They're they've always kind of notoriously been slow to get back, especially sometimes when Luca or Christian Wood are kind of complaining about foul calls. Um that definitely hurt the Mavericks, but at the same time it's like, what are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean that was kind of the first half for the Mavericks. The Mavericks were able to catch fire in that third quarter. Um, the the Luca and Christian Wood tandem really came into full effect in that third quarter, especially to start. Christian Wood hit a few, um, he hit a pick and pop three. Um, they were just really playing well in the short roll when the Bucks were blitzing Luca and uh or not the short roll, but just the pick and roll in general. And you know, Christian Wood was you know, sealing in the paint, and he was able to get some easy dunks, and I mean, there was that one point where he caught the ball in the wing, he caught Lopez off guard, he kind of uh, preemptively um, went for Christian Wood's pump fake, and he went and drove on him and had a nice dunk, that was one of my favorite possessions of the game, Um, and, you know, offense just started to actually be a premium for the Mavericks in that third quarter, Um, you know, they, they continued what they had in the um, in the first half, um, they started to make up a little ground to the books. Um, they actually won the f- third quarter by three points, but then the fourth quarter, um, the process kind of just seemed completely off at, by this point. You know, Luca got some rest in the third quarter, but you could kind of see that he had dead legs in that third quarter. He was settling a lot, was um, you know, kind of posting up, taking those mid-range fadeaways, those step back threes, some of his, you know, more lazy turnovers, I guess, what came in that fourth quarter. And that definitely kind of hampered the Mavericks, you know, ability to furbish offense, and you know, you you really couldn't get that domino effect going. Luca wasn't getting in the paint, and the Mavericks' offense definitely stalled out. Um, but you know, if you know, this always comes back to personnel at the end of the day, right? If, yeah. if Luca had somebody who could relieve the burden, if he didn't play 43 nights the, I mean, 43 minutes the night before, if he just had another ball handler out there. You know, maybe the Mavericks are able to play better in that in that fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, they rode this lineup in that fourth quarter and particularly in the second half. They started the second half with Christian Wood, like I said. You know, JaVale McGee only played four minutes in that second quarter. Dwight Powell barely played in the first half. Um, and the Mavericks came out with Christian Wood. It was almost as if, oh, Jason Kidd was saying, yeah, like we're going to start Christian Wood from here on out. I don't know if that's the case, but, you know, he always kind of mirrors his um, – start of the second half lineup with the starters, which was really interesting to me. And in that fourth quarter, we saw a lineup in which we haven't seen get, you know, consistent minutes together really all year, but we as Mass fans have been pining heavily for, it. and, you know, I think had Luca, you know, not um, been so tired and had that lineup, if that lineup sees more consistency together. I think this lineup, you know, could be a really dangerous starting lineup to an extent. Right. And that's, Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Green, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Christian Wood. I mean, yes, you lose a little bit on defense there, but you still have two of your probably you know two of your best wing defenders, uh, coupled with your most dynamic big men and your two ball handlers. It probably gives the Mavericks the best all-around chance, right? At least to start the game, and then you can you know matchup dependent. You can probably sub out Kleber for Wood if you need more defense, or you know you know take take out Spencer Dinwiddie and put in Kleber, run Kleber with Wood, whatever you want to do, right? but while that wasn't largely effective in the fourth quarter, I thought that it was definitely interesting that Kid finally reverted to playing um, that lineup and just playing Woodmore in the second half. What did you have to uh, think of, what did you have to surmise of that um, in that second half, Jaren?
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, although didn't really have that good of run, and I think, you know, due to what you said, Lucas' tiredness in a sense, without him having to play 43 minutes a night on the first night of a back-to-back, I think we would have saw a different look with that lineup. Um, but with that being said, you know, I think that this is on paper the most net negative lineup that you could probably put out there. Um, and again, you know, I like what you point out where you know, kind of like the start of the second
1: half, is you said so, like on net net, you said it's the most net negative or ne- net positive, net positive. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's too late. I'm sorry. It's too late. Um, <laughs> we're, we're recording this at like 4 a.m., guys. we Yeah. <laughs> really pushing this one out for you. We, we had a lot of uh things come up. I had to watch a rerun of the game. So, um we wanted to get it out for you guys that are listening on your morning commute so just just bear with us here because i know that i've botched a few words already and you know i've up a a few few times yeah like we're (laughs) we're really in the thick of it here and you know not to mention having to cover as shitty of a game as
0: this (laughs) anyways um yeah i think i think that's probably the most net positive lineup you can put out there and i i like it because again i mean this it kind of seems like these two games where, and this is taking away the Raptors game. Uh, these two games were the, the Boston game and the Bucks game. Uh, these are the first two games that the Mavericks just look clearly outmanned. Uh, they don't lose it themselves. It's just because of, you know, how good the other rosters are. And I think that this was the first roster that the Mavericks put on uh, the floor in these scenarios where it looks like the Mavericks actually know how to play basketball. Um and, unfortunately, we didn't – I don't think we saw the maximization of that lineup, and hopefully Kid continues with it because we've seen him uh, sort of just shy away from a lineup that doesn't work the first time. Um, but with that being said, you know, I think we saw a lot of good things in this game.
1: Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think, you know – It was lot, the best game out of the four-game losing streak for sure. Of course, like, yeah. You, you saw there was a sort of different vision about this team in that second half from Jason Kidd. Now, whether that persists or not is going to be something to monitor, especially uh, when we play Tuesday. Um, But that was, like, honestly my biggest takeaway. Um, I thought Josh Green played good in his minutes as well. You know, he only had 20 minutes, and he definitely got leaned on a lot more in that second half, of course, um, because Tim Hardaway just didn't come back into the game after his stretch to start the third quarter. Um, But Josh Green, you know, he knocked down a three, you know, made a tough, tough layup. Um, went three for four from the free throw line. He played solid D. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that it was a good Josh green game. Um, like, like I wanted to mention, you know, Dorian, of course, cause he played good in the Raptors game and, you know, he carried another heavy workload tonight, getting the primary assignment on Giannis, you know, I know Giannis had 29 points in 30 minutes, but Dorian played really good off ball defense in this one. I, you know, I don't know if it's safe to say, but he's played really good. These, you know, amidst his losing streak, he's actually played really good in my opinion and he's getting you know, severely underlooked because of how bad some of the other guys are playing. Um, but he's really playing a lot better on offense. We're seeing him attack off closeouts more. We're seeing him drive to the rim on occasion, something that he showed last year that he kind of just went away with at the very start of the season, something that this Mavericks team desperately needs from him. Unfortunately, I know yeah. it is a tough ask, um, but they don't have any other ball handlers outside of Luca and Dinwiddie, of course. And, you know, he's knocking down his threes a little more consistently And I honestly thought he played as good of defense as he could on Giannis. You know, him and Maxi by committee, they did their best on Giannis, right? Um, You know, I thought Christian Wood definitely had a lackluster defensive game despite having a pretty good offensive game when those minutes were mirrored with Doncic, right? Um, But Maxie and, you know, Dorian, they did as good of a job as I thought when they were matched up individually or when they had to help on Giannis. And, you know, I thought Dorian specifically – there were a few possessions where Giannis was trying to seal him inside and he was able to intercept some passes. Like, I just want to give shout outs to those guys because, you know, amidst all this losing, you know, seeing them uh, come back and, you know, regress to where they were um, you know, positively, of course, is definitely been a revelation, you know, and these are obviously guys that, you know, the Mavericks definitely asked too much out of, we could argue. Yeah, But at the same time, it's still nice to see them coming back into fruition after, you know, us just seeing them play really good in those uh, 2022 playoffs. So, you know, the Mavericks are obviously still a few role players away and these these guys should not be that heavily relied on. But nonetheless, you know, props to them in this game.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, I think amidst a four game losing streak, which we didn't see last year, it's hard to extract any positives but I think for sure uh Dorian you can argue is probably the biggest positive out of this uh I mean I feel like he's played well uh, he's for sure played the best basketball he is he has all season yeah for Um, sure but just consistently we I think we're seeing uh the Dorian Finney Smith that
1: we'll see throughout the season yeah no most definitely and to yeah just to highlight Christian Wood a little more of course as well um like I said at the top I mean Yes, there were some – definitely some anomalies in terms of him not closing out on shooters effectively. You know, anytime he's the lone big out there, there's – and Maxie's not there to help on that weak side um, or come over to the dunker spot and, um, you know, help in terms of the rim protection. There's obviously going to be, you know, Christian Wood's going to kind of be a liability as he's not a rim protector out there, you know. And we saw that a few times in this game. Um, him kind of the bucks kind of really taking it to him at points. Um, but you know, obviously, that's just not his role, right? And, um, you know, you kind of want to stick him on one of the opposing teams, three and D guys. Um, and then that's you know, where he can semi, you know, kind of be a capable defender in spurts, um, in terms of guarding those you know, slower footed threes or you know, fours, relatively. Uh, they're kind of similar to him. He can he can kind of he has the foot speed to kind of match with those guys and um, but you know, he's just not um, some insane like rim protector or individual defender. Um, but he can do it against certain matchups, of course. So he's not like a complete liability. I get Christian Wood like the narrative upon Christian Wood's defense is oh, he sucks, but like it's not, I wouldn't say it's like completely horrendous. Um, you know, but he's definitely an average defender. But there was, like, one possession uh, when he had to guard Giannis when he got switched on to him. He just got obliterated on a spin move. Um, but then that was basically everybody for the Mavericks when they were matched up one-on-one yeah. with Giannis tonight. I mean, even Luca had points. Um, so, yeah, of course, the Mavericks, they played Compazo, Theo Pinson, and Frank in garbage time uh, once they finally kind of threw in the towel there um but besides that that's really it in terms of how they played it was really it was a big revelation to see the Mavericks change things up though in that second half finally every every kind of thing else you know in terms of this game in terms of Tim Arway Jr. um you know Luca you know having to carry such an offensive workload like we're just speaking redundancy here because we've done this every other podcast and we will continue to do it we're not going anywhere by any means, but. I mean, it's just it's just funny.
0: Um, Same shit, different day.
1: Yep. Uh, I don't know. My boy Wes Matthews on the Bucks got nine minutes tonight. He's uh, the Tim Hardaway of their team,
0: except he doesn't play minutes. Except so. he doesn't
1: play minutes. And, I mean, he, he provides some sort of defense and veteran presence. Like, he's not just a complete zero. Yeah, Tim Hardaway is. He, yeah, I mean, yes, he takes dumb shots, and he's not the three-point shooter he was. And, you know, I know Wes Matthews' defense can be gassed up at times, but – you know, even at his age, I, I think he still does provide something. If he's, like, your 12th man, like, you know, who cares, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that Bucks team is really deep. And, of course, Chris Middleton wasn't even playing tonight, which is, you know, funny in itself. Um, But, yeah, I guess before we end the podcast, we'll look at some of the Bucs guys that we didn't really highlight. You know, obviously we talked about Javon, Grayson Allen. Uh, Lope, you could definitely see Lopez's effect upon the game just in terms of um, the Mavericks' you know, the Mavericks' inability to get into the paint. Spencer Dinwiddie was able to get into the paint in large part due to the fact that in those non-Luka minutes, I didn't think Lopez was out there near as much. Lopez did have some foul trouble. He only played 23 minutes tonight with five fouls. I mean, he's not a heavy minutes guy in the regular season either, but um, he, I definitely think he would have played a little bit more if he didn't have that foul trouble. And I think that's in large part why Dinwiddie was able to get to the rim so effectively. Um, but, you know, he, his effect upon the game was – Immeasurable. You know, this guy is a great role player. I mean, he's just a perfect big next to Giannis, a guy who can stretch the floor, you know, cover up, you know, what basically do everything Giannis doesn't from an offensive perspective in terms of shooting the ball and, you know, just, you know, yeah, just shooting the ball because Giannis can do anything else. So (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say, I was going to talk about Lopez's ability to, you know, high point the ball and, um, you know, off of seals and stuff, and I mean, Giannis does the same thing, so I can't really. Um, he can do that as well. So uh, I thought Brook Lopez, but you could see his he blocked Christian with like three times in this game. I mean, yeah, and it was not even in. Ter- it's not even an indictment upon Christian Wood, just in terms of how Lopez's length, how good Lopez's length is. I mean, he's the best shot blocker in the league. Um, Drew Holiday had a really steady game. He played really good defense on Luka, particularly in the second half when Luka was starting to get tired. I said this on um, that YouTube channel I went on. I don't quite know the name of the channel, but I'll definitely um, correct myself after the podcast is over. I apologize to the guy. But I had a little pregame segment uh, today on YouTube with this one guy. Uh, He's a UK fan. And we talked about uh, the Mavericks Mavericks versus Bucks matchup going into it. And, you know, I said that um, in, you know, previous matchups, Giannis really doesn't get switched on to Luka that much. It's, you know, the Bucks try to kind of throw the, um, their full array of guys before they really had to bust out Giannis in those uh, dire minutes, you know, because they don't want him having to expel that energy on the uh, defensive end while doing everything he does on offense. And, you know, Drew Holiday, of course, saw a lot of time on Luca, And, you know, Luca didn't really – didn't matter in the first half. But in the second half when Luca's legs started to catch up to him, it definitely – started to matter, and, you know, Drew knocked in some tough shots. Just typical Drew Holiday game, 16 points, six assists, three steals. I mean, you know, it would be nice to have a player like that. And yeah, for sure it would. Yeah, Bobby Portis. Um, I, had-
0: I liked what I saw from Bobby Portis. No, he, did yeah, all, he, he did all, like, the, the dirty things down low.
1: No, I mean, yeah, he's – obviously, he's – while still being, you know, kind of this liability on defense, he's still a great, great, you know, offensive player. Isolation guy yeah. to bring off your bench and a guy to get rebounds, right? 10 rebounds, 15 points, a nice double double off the bench for him in 32 minutes. Um, when he got matched up on the Luca, Luca was playing him a lot, I think, just due to the size factor and the fact that, you know, Bobby Portis isn't the most mobile guy in the world, um, but he was really able to take advantage in the post. And I mean, he's a really just sound offensive player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can't really, I'm not as pissed about this Bucks loss, of course, just from the standpoint that the Mavericks just didn't have the talent play to match up with them, even without Chris Middleton. But nonetheless, um, you know, it was just another, like one of those exposing losses, just like the Celtics game where it's just like, you know, you see the the limits of this Mavericks team there, you know, can they play up to their opponent this year? I mean, it, we, it remains to be seen, you know, let's, you know, before, I guess we judge the Mavericks team, this Maver- Mavericks team too heavily, um, you know let's let's see what the penultimate best lineup is for this team but you know Jason has taken a hell of a long time to bust that uh starting five out and he finally did tonight um, that we all want to see but let's see if it can you know if he does it at any point let's see if the if the Mavericks you know are able to have that crazy midseason turnaround that we so highly touted last year you know I get there's there's figuring things out to an extent but this, there's something different about this team than last year in terms of the holes that they have on their roster that you just, you know, particularly with the lack of another ball handler. And I don't know, it just, there's a, there's a different eerie feeling that, you know, you know, last year you had the COVID and, you know, everybody was sort of hampered in that December, November stretch. The, this Mavericks team feels like it has definite holes in it that I don't know are just going to be that we're just going to see some sort of mid season turnaround that mends everything. Do You have any other uh, closing thoughts, Sharon?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, just, I guess, in conclusion, the Mavericks, in a sense, I think they turned it around in that second half. Um, I mean, that says a lot, saying turnaround, around. But I think this was a much better loss than, of course, the Boston game where they were just flat out uh, exposed. At least Jason Kidd made an effort to right, sort of yeah, change they, 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 at up. Least,
1: they at least mended, especially in that third quarter, they mended to the situation a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I, I from that scenario, I liked what I saw. But other than that, you know, I think I've pretty much left everything out on the table over the last 40 podcasts that have been over the same thing. So.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, completely. And, um, you know, we can only hope for change. We'll, we'll see if it (laughs) actually happens. Jaden Hardy, please. Probably, probably not, but, (laughs) yeah, um, you know, obviously like, you know, we had two games to cover, so we weren't going to go as analytical or as in depth as we usually do in terms of, you know, analyzing some of the processes and plays throughout the game. Um, But, you know, that's really our only way of squeaking out 30 to 45 minutes on podcasts when the Mavericks are just doing the same shit every game. So um, that's, you know, we'll we'll get back to that sort of format in our next game. We're just covering one game, of course. Um, So, you know, we we have the ability to talk um, despite the Mavericks doing the same thing every game. Like Trust me, like we consistently surprise ourselves with how long our podcasts are. Yeah, um, so we're not going anywhere, even if the Mavericks are doing the same thing. Uh, so don't worry about that. But nonetheless, we will catch you guys in the next one after Tuesday night's game. Jaron, you always got the next game for me. Who are the Mavericks playing on Tuesday night? Mavericks are playing the eleven and ten Golden
0: State Warriors on TNT at
1: six thirty. Oh, it's a national TV game. Yes, sir. Until so it in as a loss. We will Woo-hoo. see you guys in the next one. Bye bye. Oh, oh no! Hey, Jaron, Jaron, Jaron. I did oh, not. I did not promote the the Twitter or anything. Oh yeah, you uh, got it. I was about to say like there's something missing, guys. Here. It is 5 a.m. Please give us some slack. Follow us on Twitter at mainstream underscore mavs. Make sure to uh, subscribe to us on any podcast platform that you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And if you've listened this far, we really appreciate you. Give us a five star rating if you so please. And without anything else to be said, we will catch you guys on the next one officially now.